For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Jack Anderson. You're listening to Daybreak. Yesterday, the Prince's Opinion section published two guest contributions that discussed Princeton University researcher Dr. Sayed Hussain Masavian. Today, we're talking about those two pieces with Rohit Narayanan, the community opinion editor here at the Prince. It's Tuesday, February 8th. So yesterday, the opinion section published two pieces on, a, on the same topic or unrelated topic. Um, can you tell us a little bit about those two pieces? Absolutely. So this might not be a controversy that all Princeton students are aware of, but it is one that our university has been in the news about recently. It all centers on a letter that a group called UANI, uh, United Against Nuclear Iran, sent to the president of the university, along with a couple of other faculty members, calling on the university and threatening a boycott uh, of the university, including copying several organizations if they did not dismiss a scholar. Um, the scholar is Dr. Musavian, who works at one, I believe, the program on global science and security. And so it's important to understand a little bit of the context here. Dr. Musavian has ha- held a number of positions in the Iranian state, including as ambassador to Germany in the 1990s. So the, the letter that was sent to President Eisgruber suggests that while he may have been involved in the so-called Mykonos affair, which happened while he was ambassador there where some Iranian dissidents were, were killed in a, in a restaurant in Berlin, one of the op-ed that we publishes notes that in the verdict of that result, Davian is not mentioned, but that is a, a claim that appears in the letter. But the real controversy was steered pretty recently when a clip that Musavian, from an interview that Musavian gave in Farsi, appeared in a documentary honoring the late Iranian general Qasem Soleimani, and that that clip appeared to to show him discussing death threats against a American diplomat, Brian Hook, who was the special envoy to Iran during the Trump administration, and the the clip was framed in such a way that it seemed like he was smiling about the death threats. Now, one of the op-ed that was published by a close friend of Dr. Musavian notes that that clip was part of a much larger interview that he did, and in it, Musavian claims to have criticized both the Trump administration for assassinating General Soleimani, but also the, the Iranian government for these death threats against Mr. Hook. And the the other tie to our community is that Mr. Hook was involved in freeing Jiwei Wang, who is a Princeton former doctoral student who was imprisoned in Iran for a couple of years. And therefore, the, the authors who wrote to us, two former officials of the Trump State Department, call on Eisgruber to respond to the letter and condemn Musavian's statements for the reason that the the university community is not repaying Hook's great service to the community while by harboring uh, a scholar who seemingly condoned death threats on a documentary. On the other hand, we have Professor Von Hippel, who's had a long and storied career and was one of the professors who worked very closely with Dr. Musavian at the university. And he separately notes that the group uh, United Against Nuclear Iran is funded by several politically motivated groups, some of whom are serious political opponents of Dr. Musavian, who is a strong proponent of closer ties between Iran and the United States, and as the op-ed claimed, was a major force behind the Iran nuclear deal in 2014. So that's about the state that we find ourselves in. 
and the two sides are, are really discussing whether or not this clip is legitimate speech, whether or not Dr. Masavian is a proper hire for the university, and whether or not this is a matter of principle or politically motivated. So taking a step back about these two, we have the two opposing pieces, one by two for Trump administration officials and one by a Princeton faculty member. What's the process, the timeline of, like how did those, um, these pieces reach the prince and, and what's the process of publishing them? When we accept guest contributions, all pieces that come to the prince have to meet our same editorial standards. And that includes both in terms of clarity to our readers and making sure they're informing and not just um, dealing with a dispute that our readers might not be completely familiar with, but also a fairly rigorous fact-checking process. While we were not able to confirm every claim in the piece, Mosavian's claim that there was a longer interview that was not released in the documentary, we did retranslate from Farsi the, the clip in question along with reaching out to several of the actors involved to confirm various parts of the story. And we really think that it's important, an important service that we do to our readers that even when we get guest contributions that they should have confidence, that at least we have confidence in, in the words that are being published in our own publication. How common is it to be approached by someone with an opinion piece to run in your section without any um, obvious ties to the university? It, I, I wouldn't say it's particularly usual, um, but our, our core standard here when we have guest contributors who don't have a tie to the university is that they must have significant relevance to the university community. And we thought the standard was met here given the, the number of connections that Princeton has to this particular discussion, which is a major topic of national debate. And so taking a step back, what are the sort of broader implications of these two pieces that you're writing today and their opposing viewpoints? So I think like there's definitely the question of partisan politics, as Professor Von Hippel discusses in his, his op-ed. I also want to think like there's a broader question at stake on what type of scholar is valuable for the university to have and what type of political involvement should they have in order for us to give them the robust free speech protections that we give all our faculty members. Dr. Masavian is a, is a member of the university, but he's not a professor or a tenured faculty member. And he does seem to have a fairly major involvement in world affairs, whether or not the, the specifics of which um, the authors debate. But this is a, a big question on exactly how much should university affiliates and staff members be contributing to the world debate and how much responsibility does Princeton have on that? And especially when you're dealing with scholars who aren't directly teaching students exactly how much value do each of these centers bring and how affiliated should they be with the university proper. And I think that that's an important debate to have in the question of whether or not the same levels of free speech protection apply to all members of the community and, and exactly what scholars should be part of a community, especially when dealing with foreign countries. All right, thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh, thank you. In other headlines, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy announced yesterday that he's lifting the state's school mask mandate. Starting the second week of March, school districts will no longer be required to mandate masks in the classroom for the first time since schools closed in 2020. In a statement, Murphy called the move, quote, not a declaration of victory as much as an acknowledgement that we can responsibly live with this thing, end quote. Today, expect partly cloudy skies with a high of 43. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by me, sound engineered by Eden Toshoma, and produced under the 146th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, class of 2022. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Jack Anderson. Have a wonderful day.